Hello, welcome to the Little Lessons Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Mitchell, and this is episode 15. What will you give? Before I get into the meat of this episode, I want to say such a huge thank you to everybody who tunes in to listen. I have surpassed my 1,000 downloads goal before Christmas. So thank you to everybody. Thank you, thank you for listening, for downloading, and for sharing this podcast and its episodes with friends and family and on social media. It really, really does mean so much to me. And what an awesome Christmas present. (laughs) I want to also remind everybody listening that if you have a minute to go onto um, Apple Podcasts, if that's the app you use to listen to the podcast, if you could go in there and find the podcast page and leave a rating or review, it would means so much to me. It really does help the reach of the podcast. I also want to remind everybody that I have an Instagram uh, page dedicated specifically to the Little Lessons Podcast. It's really easy to find at the Little Lessons Podcast. Pretty simple. Um, If you go onto there and hit the follow button, it would it would mean so much to me. Um, I am just so full of gratitude for um everything that I have learned, all of the lessons that I've been able to share and the people that I have interviewed, the people who are listening. Um, I've learned a lot in these last few months and I'm so excited to see what else this podcast is going to do. I think it's going to be a really fun journey and hopefully you'll continue on it with me. And now on to the episode. Tis the season for listening to Christmas carols. Usually whenever I'm in the car with my kids, I'm listening to my Christmas playlist that I have curated over the years. It has everything from uh, silly radio Christmas songs that that are a little more secular, songs about Santa Claus, the Forgotten Carols by Michael McLean, and traditional Christmas carols all mixed into this one amazing playlist. And it brings me so much joy. But there are a few songs in that playlist that really cause me to take a minute and think about the real meaning of Christmas. They, these songs give me some time to contemplate and to really think about some priorities that I have. One song that has been particularly meaningful to me in the last couple of years is, it's not a song that I have ever seen personally in a hymn book, But it's a song that I was very loosely familiar with up until about a year or two ago. It's called In the Bleak Midwinter. And it's a song that's based on a poem by an English poet named Christina Rossetti and set to the music of Gustav Holst. The more I listened to the song, the more I fell in love with it. It starts off so melancholy, but it ends with so much hope. And the more I um, listened to it and looked at different versions, I found so many different ways that this song has been recorded. Um, I've heard electronic EDM versions of it. I've heard choral versions, solo versions, and each one of them is so beautiful and unique. 
my favorite version is from an album by the Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square. I'm not sure when they recorded it, but it's absolutely beautiful to hear all of the voices coming in. First, you have the men and then the women, and then they all join together along with the orchestra at Temple Square. But the part that has the most meaning to me is the last stanza of the poem. So the last verse of the song, it says, what can I give him poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet what I can, I give him. Give him my heart. Every time I hear that verse of that song, I'm not really sure why I make this connection, but it always takes me back to a specific memory. Um, hold on tight, because I'm about to get a little bit vulnerable <laughs> here. Um, this specific memory takes place early on in my marriage to my husband. Um, in 2007, he and I were living in Colorado with our two little girls. Our oldest was about two years old. It just barely turned two. And our second little girl was about six months old. And we were, we were so poor. <laughs> we had no money. We were just the epitome of paycheck to paycheck. And sometimes it was a struggle, even from the paycheck to the paycheck. Uh, we were happy. We were so happy in our own little, our own little corner of the world, just the four of us. Um, I was teaching dance at the time to bring in a little bit of extra cash. And I um, was asked by the director of the dance studio as we were preparing for our winter Christmas dance concert, she asked me to help alter a few of the costumes. And I have a sewing background, a little bit of knowledge, so I was able to help. It was just really simple, sewing on some trim. A monkey could have done it. But I was sewing these costumes and I needed to drop them off at the dance studio one Monday evening. My husband was working late and so it was just me and the two little ones. I finished up my sewing and I strapped them into their car seats in our little Honda Civic and it was such a cold night. Such a cold night. Just probably like two weeks before Christmas in Castle Rock, Colorado. And I noticed that the gas tank was a little bit low, probably flirting with empty. And the dance studio wasn't far away, so I really thought that I could make it. And I really could not. I just got a little ways outside of our neighborhood when the car completely ran out of gas. And I looked at the temperature gauge, and I think it read somewhere about 13 degrees Fahrenheit. So there I was in a little Honda Civic with two very small children and no gas in my car. I didn't know what to do. I was, I was stranded and I called my husband. I said, I don't, I don't know if you're in a position you can leave work to come and rescue me. 
And he said, I'm going to do what I can. Um, he didn't work super close to, to our house. It was maybe about a half hour drive. So not too far, but also not around the corner. My husband said, I'm going to get there as soon as I can. But in the meantime, I want you to call somebody from church to see if they might be able to help me. So I called this wonderful sister who I had gotten to know uh, a little bit at the time in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We called them our visiting teachers. So she was basically assigned to visit me and get to know me and befriend me. And I called her up and I said, hey, I'm stranded. Can you help me? And she said, absolutely. She packed up her older daughter in the car and she got to me uh, within just a few minutes. And we got the girls out of the car, into her car, drove to the gas station, filled up a, a little gas, uh, gas can. She drove me back to the car. We filled it up. And then she um, followed me to the gas station and she paid for my car to be filled up with gas. Um, and the amount of gratitude that I found that I felt in that, on that very cold evening was quite immeasurable. Um, there's literally no way to repay something like that. Uh, other than to make a commitment to yourself that you might pay it forward sometime later in life. Um, time passed, you know, a couple days went by and I then got a letter in the mail and the letter didn't have a return address and it was just addressed to me, not to the Mitchell family, not to Carson and Megan. It was addressed directly to me and it, um, Inside was a cashier's check for about $500. And I should mention that I Christmas was going to be very spare that year. And we were fine with that. Our girls were young. They didn't need a ton. We could just have, have fun, just the four of us, perfectly happy. No, no qualms about about a light Christmas. We could really focus our efforts on being together as a family and celebrating the birth of the Savior. But I get this letter in the mail with a check. And the check was actually from a bank. So I couldn't see who signed it. And there was a letter enclosed that said, Dear Megan, I want you to take this money and I want you to use it to buy Christmas gifts for, for the children. Make sure that their Christmas is amazing. And, um, you know, some probably something to the effect of enjoy, enjoy the holiday, enjoy time together and have a wonderful, a wonderful Christmas together. And it wasn't signed completely anonymous. I have my suspicions about who sent me this incredible, incredibly generous gift. Um, but I still don't know exactly who it was. I tell this story in conjunction with the stanza from the poem because 
everything that happened, all of the the good deed of my visiting teacher coming and rescuing me and then paying for a tank of gas and then somebody anonymously sending our family a very, very generous gift. All of these things were done with a spirit of love and with a spirit of wanting to to give without the requirement of receiving back and just born out of pure generosity, which is really to me what the Christmas season is about. We love giving gifts to our children. My husband and I, we're now in a position and have been for quite some time where, where Christmas isn't a struggle for us. Christmas is a very joyful time and we have an opportunity to spoil our children and give them the things that they want and the things that they need. But we are always keenly aware that there are people who do not have the same blessings that we have. They may be, they may not be blessed with as much financial security as we do or without a family that can help in times of need. And we're aware of that because we've been there. So we made the commitment that several years ago that when we had the means, we would do our best to reach out to the people around us and help them in the ways that we were able to, to help maybe provide a Christmas dinner or Christmas gifts or what have you. Um, Some years we've been able to bless people more than others, and that's the way life is. But I say all this because those, those generous gifts that were given to me back in 2007, like I said, were given out of love, out of love for me and my family, but ultimately out of love for our Savior, Jesus Christ. In the song, it says, what will I give him? If I were a shepherd, I'd give a lamb. But what I can, I give him. I give him my heart. Because that's all he asks. That is all that the Savior asks of us is to give him our heart, to give him us. And we do that by serving those around us and by giving of our of what we have by giving what we have to the people who have not. This story means a lot to me and has obviously taught me uh, very important lessons about generosity and about giving and about looking for the people around you who I can, who you can lift up. I hope that this Christmas season that all of us can be a little bit more generous with our time, be more generous with our money if we have it. But that's not even what we necessarily need to give. We need to give our love. We need to give our compassion and we need to give it freely. There are so many people who, while I'm sitting at home having an amazing Christmas with my children, there are so many people who are, who don't have that opportunity for so many different reasons. But like I said, if we can give of our compassion and our love and our time and our resources, we can maybe make their lives a little bit better. 
maybe we can be instruments in the hands of our Heavenly Father and in the hands of our Savior to lift somebody, to ease their burdens, and to make their Christmas a little bit brighter. 